I thought you'd be down on the surface with everyone else. After what happened with Book, I want to be with my family. I'm glad you're here. Welcome, everyone, to Deep Space Pride, a gay Star Trek podcast. I am one of your hosts, Johnson, and with me, as usual, is my co-host, Mike Thurlow. Mike, how are you doing today? I you am. Look, you look like a deer in headlights for some reason. Right? Oh, really? Yeah. I don't know. It's like your photo look. Yeah. <laughs> how you usually look photos? How I usually look at photos? Yes. Uh, no, I'm I'm fine. Yeah, it's uh, Wednesday. I'm mm-hmm. ready for this week to be over. Uh, I'm so ready. I was born ready for this week to be over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yes, as your your messages to me indicated, you were like, I'm overwork overworking and not overworking as in one word, but I'm over working yes like in general yes i'm over the toil and suffering that is life at work yes but so, we can't i can't retire just yet i only hit 40 so have right have some time to go you do yes as do i uh but yeah no i'm uh, i'm here uh yeah we're a little low energy but it's one of those weeks i don't know i just feel i'm not low you're low energy i feel fine i'm just i'm just tired like my my usual baseline right well your enthusiasm for saying our opening line (laughs) was was uh not very strong so well i didn't want to overdo it i didn't want to overcompensate oh okay all right yeah there we go that's good yeah Uh, um yeah so you had some travel this past weekend you were in boston with with Dennis and family right. and yep. the your what your nephews and nieces put on there was some sort of play or something what was oh it? yeah my two twin nephews were in a musical uh the big bad musical where wow. what's that the big bad wolf was put on trial for all the things that he had ever done in the fairy tale land and That's- that's cool. I haven't heard. Is yeah. This, is this a real musical? Or do they like just make it up? Oh, no, I mean, I don't. It was written by, I don't know, the director. I don't know. It was. Oh, okay. But it's, it was uh, cute. It was, yeah, it was cute. My nephews uh, did a great job. They enjoy themselves, which I think is the big thing. And um, yeah, my one of my nephews, Caden, played uh, the boy who cri- cried wolf. Oh, that's cute. And the other nephew, Harrison, played uh, pig number two. Okay. And the three little pigs who, you know, his house was made of sticks. Yes. Correct. So, um, yeah. So they, uh, yes, they, you know, they both uh, had a good time. They both did great. Uh, A favorite moment of mine was uh, Caden had finished his moment of singing and and everything and his brother is 
who's already done his part, is over in the corner. And when he goes back to sit down, he goes like, thumbs up ah, to so thumbs up to uh, Caden and then to the audience. So, oh, that's cute. Uh, that's cute. So, yeah, so a cute, uh, supportive brother there. And, uh, yeah, they, they did a great job. And, uh, you, know, you know, it was a kid's musical, so it was, uh, it was all kids. And so there were, you know, a little, you know, it was, you know, it was kids. There were some outstanding actors, and then there were, you know, some more some quieter ones. So. <laughs> Mediocre yeah. ones. Yeah, you know, and uh, they were uh, playing, uh, not playing, uh, they were, um, you know, mic'd, and so, you know, it's not a, like a professional sound place where that, you know, it's all, you know, all, you know, you can't pick up, you know, all the kids' different uh different levels and so some are quieter than others and sure. so and it's in a big audit you know in the high school auditorium so yeah yeah well i would definitely have gone in with low expectations so yeah i mean it was it was good it was um yeah it was you know it was enjoyable it wasn't you know there were parts there were distracted. Parts. i am distracted sorry my puppy is very active today it's i'm not sure is is this really better than kind of putting him like locked up in the kitchen you can't even respond to me i can't even respond because he suddenly starts eating the chair tonight i don't know why well not just tonight but um so yes he's sort of being a little obnoxious right now he's hyperactive um but he's got he's got toys here and he's chewing on the chair that i'm sitting on so that's why i was distracted um but it is national puppy day so i guess we'll give him a break but um, he needs like a muzzle uh he does chew on everything and he uh, not no so we're we're actually really lucky he hasn't he's only chewed up one pair of my, my sneakers and that was like when he was four months old so this was months ago and then he does occasionally chew on other things, but we usually catch him and he doesn't, you know, doesn't do it for very long. So, yeah. So it's not too bad, but, uh, you know, he's eight, almost nine months. Oh, he'll be nine months uh, next week. So, wow. Um, yeah. So, and he's 42 pounds. So, okay. Um, hopefully he's stabilizing and kind of leveling off here. Very Sounds soon. like it, yeah, because he um, he's been in the forty pound range for a while. Yeah. So um, yeah. So, but yeah. So that yes, and he went up with us, and he you know he did get sick on the way up. You know, within like a half an hour of being in the car. I don't know if it's just mm. like he looks out and watches everything go by like motion sickness because he doesn't do that after he's been playing all weekend with his cousins so yeah um he's wow. more exhausted so i think well it's, at least it wasn't both vomiting and diarrhea right yes it was just yeah it was manageable <laughs> it was manageable it's just yes you know we left a little later than you know we should have maybe um, or we tried we got out as quickly as we could once I got up because I wanted to sleep in and just see how I was feeling having had right. the flu last week. Right. So right. Right. Um, all of that. So. So, yeah, so, um, yeah, and he was fine on the way back, he, you know, he didn't, you know, sleep and it was a normal trip back, but good. So, yeah, 
Uh, how was your weekend? I know we didn't get to chat much because I was uh, busy. Yeah, you were busy. I was busy. I had a lot of social activity. It was packed. It was like back to back. I don't even remember everything I did this weekend. I did. I did have high tea with some friends on Saturday and Saturday afternoon. That was nice. And then I had another date with my guy that evening, Saturday evening. We went to a new drawing class. It was it was fun. I've done that before. He's okay. it, it, it was his first time. It was like new drawing with charcoal. That was cool. And then Sunday I had like a game night. I had I hosted like a dinner and game night. So that was nice. But it was like it was like back to back. I was like, Ugh, I'm over this. Yeah. So, yeah. But it was busy. It's good. I'm looking forward to this weekend where I have very little to do. Oh, that's interesting. That's uh. Well, I'm seeing my mom. I'm visiting. I'm, I'm a good son. I'm visiting. My oh, mom. you are. It's yes. mom's weekend. Yes. So it's uh Chinese food and takeout and lot, yes, and a lot has changed since the last time I saw her. But she's not gonna know anything about it. She's not gonna know anything about the guy I'm seeing. <laughs> uh, you know, our physical activities. She's not gonna know anything about that. Yep. So, yeah, that's gonna be uh, the DL. That is a good good plan. Yes. Yes. So, um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to just not not having to host or do anything or have like zillion obligations. So yeah, you typically sleep in and then go out to eat or exactly yeah. And then we come back and then we go back to the house and we sit and we wait for dinner and then we go out <laughs> to eat again. <laughs> So, do you go out to the same places all the time? Correct. We usually go back to the same place for lunch and dinner every day. Okay. <laughs> yes, because she's very particular and she doesn't like to eat anything that, like, she'll always complain about anything that's not Chinese, essentially. Okay. It's, it's too expensive or it's not food. It's not a good deal. It doesn't taste good. It's too sweet. I'm like, all right, bitch. Let's just go where you want. I don't really care. It's like, whatever. So, yeah. I'm actually looking forward to just taking a break. Good, good, good. That's, uh, yeah. So, I'm looking forward to that as well. Yeah. Yes. We, I think we both need just, a mental, mental break. Yes. Just shut down. And yes. So, which makes tomorrow all the more important to get a lot done so that I can really kind of wind down on Friday and but Mike do you know what's in two weeks yeah I do <laughs> <laughs> two weeks from today we'll be packing for Chicago isn't that crazy it's in two weeks I'm I, not ready for this trip mentally I think I'm I'm not there no I'm not either but they are adding more people to the lineup uh yeah but I'm like what's it taking so long yeah, I don't know. Um, but we've got uh, Captain Pike. Anson Mount is coming. We've got Tawny Newsom coming. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think I just saw, saw James Cromwell is coming. Oh, uh, great. Yeah. Uh, Did, was that already announced? It's on the homepage. Oh, no, I think all of these are, are fairly fairly new and i just uh, i don't even know i feel there's like no semblance of like what is going on that weekend in terms of 
yeah. lineup or what they're doing. I don't know. I don't know. I I don't know if they're if um what's what's repop is that's the organizer. I don't know yeah. if they're doing a better job because I know we talked about this and they're used. You know they 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 do a lot of big conventions. I don't know if they're doing that great job on this one. Well, you know, I think I think we're still in this weird between times. No, Mike, the pandemic is over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it is. I mean, it's not over, obviously, but right. I mean, our government wants us to go back to normal, so I don't know. Right. Exactly. Obviously, of course, it's not back to normal. Back to normal, but I, I don't know. I mean, Vegas is booking a lot of guests. Uh, they have their usual robust lineup. And meanwhile, I'm on this homepage and there are six guests that are featured. It's like, what? Mm. They need to do a better job. Yeah, I mean, I think, I don't know, given you know, given what I heard back when uh, when Trek Geeks was doing the, the um, Hollywood Food Co. Uh, telethon, uh-huh. uh, I I watched a lot of those panels and a lot of the stars were saying that they actually liked being able to just stay home and, you know, attend things virtually and do all of that. So, I mean, this was a few months ago. So right. a few months ago, it was a long time ago. Yes. In this timeline, it is a long time ago. As, as, three months ago, know. we were still dealing with Omicron. True. True. Yes. And, it was just starting, actually. Uh, and. Yeah, it's me about it's, time. It's so weird. Yeah, I mean, we've been home for over two years now, working from home, and uh, which is also crazy. It feels like even longer. I know. Yeah. It's yeah. Uh, well, I mean, we'll see. We're gonna be there in two weeks. We already paid for everything. Yep. So, you know what? We're gonna enjoy it one way or another. Yeah, yeah. We should probably I, figure out what we want to do in Chicago. You want to go see the the Bean? I mean, I've never seen it before, which is weird because I've been. I've to never Chicago. seen it either in person. I've only seen it in photos. I mean, yeah. I kind of get it. I feel I'm gonna go and be like, all right, I kind of got the idea from photos. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, you know, I, I do love uh, a good deep dish pizza. Oh, I hate Chicago style pizza. I hate it. It's like so much <laughs> dough. It's just like all dough, and I'm like, "Where's the flavor?" Fair enough. I, I mean, I like a I like, like thin I, crust. I, yeah. I like well, you're crust. you're a New Yorker. I mean, I like thin crust. The thinner. I mean, I'm a New Yorker I want my crust too. To be like non-existent. Okay. And just I just want the crunch, and then the flavor. Okay. I mean, I love the cheese and tomatoes. So I mean. Well, yeah. Well, you get that with thin crust. Then it's all cheese and tomatoes, and then you just have a little bit of the texture of the crust. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't like, you know, I don't like doughy things. I don't like bagels either. I'm a bad New Yorker in that way. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm oh, not a bagel. Wow. It's just too much dough. How did I know that? Not know that about you. You. Yeah. I don't, oh, I don't like yes. Bagels. You you love thin crust pizza, but you don't like bagels. That's a weird well, dichotomy. A lot of dough. No, I, I, I understand where you're coming from, from the dough perspective, but I just as a New Yorker, I mean, gosh. I mean, the police are about to bang on your door right. and carry you away for being a bad I mean, New Yorker. I don't like, so I don't like very doughy food, not to tangent too much, but <laughs> I don't like um, like Asian rice cake. I don't know if you really know what that is, but 
it's usually like very doughy. It's like almost like thick noodles. But I don't like that because I'm like, all right, you're not working a lot of service area. I prefer more service area, like flavor to service area ratio. Okay. So when you're talking about like very doughy or very thick doughy kinds of like, I like my, my bread cut very thin, et cetera. Interesting. Because yes, um, more, more taste to service area ratio. Okay. I mean, I, I, I understand where you're coming from. I don't know. Necessarily... You, can have, you can have some deep dish pizza. I will look at you. I'll just stand there looking at you. You can have a salad or something. Sure. Because there I need you to go. wash my finger. Yes, you do. Yes. You're you're dating, so yes, you do need to. If you are not dating, I would <laughs> I would still wash my finger. Yes, so. I understand. You are very healthy. Uh, and and Thank in you. the best shape of probably all of us. Well, our group, I suppose. Yes, our group. Our group of friends, per se. Yes. Anyway. All right. Yeah, so that's well, coming up. And uh, yeah, so we'll be there in two weeks. So uh, yeah, we'll have to decide whether we're going to record in two weeks or whether what we're going to do. So yeah, we, we will have to figure that out. Maybe we can record early. Maybe because we are back to just a single episode of uh, Picard. So this double up of uh, a lot of Star Trek is... Uh, is uh it's it's coming to an end with this episode uh although i guess we get it on the other end with picard and strange new worlds which happens in may so we have what a month and a half or a month of not having to do I think it's just a, one time yeah i think it's just the final two episodes of picard uh, overlap with strange new worlds yeah which I am really excited to see. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm very excited for it, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe get a picture with Anson Mount. That would be, you know, pretty cool. I'm not paying for that shit. You can take a photo. It's like ridiculous. The photo that we got with, uh, with, with, with what's his face with Sulu. Oh my god, with George Takei. I'm looking Thank at you. it right now. George it is George Takei. George Takei. Takei, Takei, yeah. Not Takai, my God. Okay, okay, okay. Why don't we just call him George because we know well, him the, so well. The OG photo was ridiculous with the acrylic in between us. Yes, yes, it was uh, quite noticeable uh, on the pre-edited f- piece. Yes. But... yes. So yeah, that was. I mean, that was this summer, last summer, and uh, that was that was in the days of Delta. I understand. I know. There's Days of Delta. It's, it's a different time. It was a different time. Yes. So, so well, cool. Well, cool. Uh, we've got a lot of Star Trek to cover and uh, not a lot of time to do it. So, well, I'm in no rush. Is there any news that we need to talk about? No, not. I'm not that sure I'm there's much of. in the way of news from my recollection. No, there. Uh, nothing sticks out. Yeah. Yeah. No. Nothing. All right. Well, yes. why don't we talk about Star Trek then? I'd rather talk about the episodes that we we're going to discuss. So first yeah. up, we have the Discovery Season 4 finale, Coming Home. Commander, are you okay? Better than Boy Genius. He'll be through to the power source in the next 10, just FYI. Reese? Still getting weapons online. I'll see if I can help with that. The man loves you. He said, do whatever it takes. Yes. All right, Mike. 
overall impressions of this episode. I know we talked, obviously we talked a little about it over Slack, which is our usual conversation, I would say, but what did you think about this, about this episode? I, I mean, I have mixed feelings about it. Uh, I mean, there are some, some nice moments in it, uh, but you know, I am, uh, as we have recorded, it is taking forever to get here. And uh, the payoff is mixed. Yes. And, um, you know, I, very I mixed. it's, it's very, very mixed. Yeah. So I, I really like the beginning of the episode because we get to have Tilly come back, which is awesome. And we had just uh, just said last week, I think it was that, you know, where is Tilly? And uh, they gave it to us right at the beginning which is great yeah Perfect. i love it too i do think that she was uh you know it's been a break we've had a break away from her and i do think that it is a slightly different tilly like she, she's much yes. more in charge which yeah i think she's supposed to be now in now she's in the starfleet academy role but i also kind of miss because of the scenes we get with her and then also advance. They're very just serious, and I kind of miss kind of just silly Tilly, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, but it was you know the later on scenes towards the end where they thought that you know everyone they let everyone escape and mm -hmm. get away, and right. uh, they were going to be destroyed uh, when the DMA hit sure. Earth. Mm -hmm. And uh, I thought I thought it was really nice because she she said she was happy with her life, and I thought that that was yes. really. No, nice. no, no, it was nice, yeah. but I also kind of missed the silly part. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But she was, you know, the and I also enjoyed that she brings. Yeah. She still has yeah. her heart. Don't get me wrong. She's still, she, yeah. it's still very heartful, Tilly, very honest, feelings on her sleeve, which is what we've come to expect from her. But she doesn't bring the comedic edge that her character used to. True. Yes. Yeah. But I, I still felt very I I enjoyed having her back. I enjoyed the yeah, scenes with her in Vance. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, they were more serious, but I liked her more in charge. And um, yeah, I, I thought it was good, you know, and I even later, you know, after that, after everything had kind of resolved, I thought it was really, really nice to see her reuniting with the crew. Yes. Uh, so I still don't really quite know why she took a eight episode break. It's, it's kind of still odd to me she is doing a play but i'm not sure she is yeah this. she is doing a play here in new york yeah, yeah but that's I... now and this was filmed months ago so i'm not sure maybe she was doing other stuff it was just kind of a maybe yeah i mean yeah there's you know i think there's a number of things we don't know you know yeah. she i mean she could have been in rehearsals for the play for for a while right, right. Mm -hmm. uh so there's that uh yeah you know, uh, I don't know. There's the there's the perhaps proposed or somewhere on the slate uh, the Starfleet Academy series. But that's so far uh, away. That's going to be post Section Thirty One. So well, yeah. So yeah, it's hard to know whether it was professional obligations or uh, you know just COVID or related or whatever. We we have no idea. No idea. Um, so which i you know you know as i i am i am pleased that this season has come to an end 
And actually, when I was watching it this afternoon, I felt like it was kind of like the end of season two. So I, I feel like we're in these two year, two season arcs where um, this sort of felt like an ending to that. Then I don't know if we want to use Star Wars language, you know, book two of of discovery or whatever, however you want to call it. But uh, it felt, you know, it, it did feel nicely rounded out um, in the fact that uh Earth is rejoining the Federation. Sure. Uh, the Discovery is home but needs a break. Uh, you know, everyone's yes, going everyone on needs vacation. A vacation. Everyone needs a everyone's vacation. going on vacation. The Discovery needs some major repairs. I'd love to see some redesigning on it. Uh, maybe not exteriorly, but I would love to see some, you know, some new 32nd century interiors. Would well, be the cool. spore drive chamber got blown up, so hopefully yep. we'll see something new with engineering. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it'd be nice to pass that design upgrade to, to the bridge. Uh, so yeah, well, yeah, we'll see. Um, obviously they're not back filming yet because strange new worlds is filming right now. So well, they're also still writing season five. Right. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I, um, I thought that, you know, Sinequa did a great job with it. I, I felt the emotion at the loss of book. <laughs> but um, just kidding. Yeah, I mean, that piece of it at the end. But uh, yeah, I, I, I felt that loss and I, I thought that she was strong for it. And I didn't really expect, I don't think anyone expected her, you know, book to come back. I thought it was a serious loss. And then um, yeah, it was a bit of a surprise at the end to have him come back. Um, that's my major issue with this episode. I just feel that we, you know, we've been talking the entire season about how Michael needs to suffer some sort of loss for her to realize the sacrifices and the potential battles that she can't win as captain. So I feel that we got a lot of that's kind of like uh, in this episode in particular i feel we got a lot of that where it was like a lot of like just kidding book is a major example where i actually just think i thought sanigo did a great job when she thought everyone thought that book didn't make it back i thought that she was very nuanced in her performance in terms of the breakdown but then her breaking down but then bringing herself back together and leading that was a great sequence, but I thought that then bring book back. <laughs> I was like incredulous. I was, I was live tweeting at you in Slack. I was incredulous, incredulous that book got brought back. I was like, are you fucking serious? It actually made me mad that book came back. And I will revisit that feeling in a little bit. But we also got this early in the episode where they made it sound like someone had to go on a suicide mission to stop Book and Tarka in the graviton beam that they were shooting at whatever the energy source. And Detmer stood up and were like, oh, are they going to kill Detmer? They made it sound like it was a suicide mission. They were like, it needs to be piloted manually. And right. you got Detmer volunteering. Five seconds later, Nadoya is like, oh, I will do it. I was like, okay, that was weird. Like, you know, why even have this whole drama with Detmer if Ndoye's going to do it? And it was like, I don't really care if Nadoya dies. But Ndoye doesn't even die. Nadoya is like, you know, they, she gets transported back. And I was just like, okay, I feel like we 
were kind of given these stakes that weren't real. Mm-hmm. If they were just, if they could easily just transport whoever had to manually pilot the shuttle, like they made it really sound like whoever was going to do this was not going to make it. But just yes. kidding. So I feel that there was just yeah, I agree. Yeah, that yeah, that totally yeah, that was that there was a lot of this like setup stakes, but no stakes, and at the end, literally, no one dies except for Tarka. So I just. I don't know, like, you know, everyone and he didn't die and all of that. You know, I really wanted to, like, feel his death more, you know, that I really despise him. So uh, I really wanted to I I felt like his coming around and him and book in this last episode, like, their scenes together was was like very weird. It was very. Yeah, it was just. Yeah, it was just. It just happened. Yeah, it was because book was like, what's his what's his boyfriend's name? Oslo. Orson, uh, uh, Oslo, or something like that. Something, yeah. and Brooke was like, "He's gone." And then Tarka, or so, or so, or so, is whatever. And then Tarka just kind of breaks down, and I was like, "That was fast," you know? Yeah, <laughs> it was just like such a it was just so sudden, like a very sudden change of heart. And I don't know. It was just you know, like high stakes, but not really. I feel that's been that's been the whole season. High stakes, but not really. We we can't, we yeah. start with a bang, like a whole planet destroyed, and then the entire season we've just been edged along. Yeah, I mean the you know yeah we did start out with Quajan being destroyed, which was significant, and then we really didn't see anything significant beyond that. Like no other major planets until the end of the season, where right. Navarre and Earth were kind of threatened really came about and uh yeah you know i i think this whole arc with tarka was disappointingly drawn out but also it didn't feel it didn't feel um authentic in in a way like it just and then to have it all wrapped up nicely in a in a bow yeah that's what like going back to my incredulousness i was just like everyone got their happy ending essentially and mm-hmm. I just think that the season had, from a narrative standpoint, had kind of set us up for Michael to kind of learn this lesson. But she basically had her cake and ate it too. You know, she was able to kind of have it her way. And from a just a narrative standpoint, I just, I don't think that's interesting. And it just really kind of, ultimately, I think actually does her character a disservice but you know, here we are. So I don't know. It, it, it just, I just thought that from a, just from an overall standpoint, I just thought that the payoff was not what we should have gotten. Yeah. I mean, but we felt, we felt that way all along. I mean, I, there's really not a time where I felt, though, this is getting super, you know, serious and the threat level, you know, I, right. even, you know, I, I think that the most threat we felt was seeing uh, Starfleet and the Federation come to rescue Earth, and that felt more. That was uh, cool. Real when we saw and, yeah. Starfleet headquarters. I didn't know Starfleet headquarters could warp, so that was a yeah. Cool sequence. That was neat. That was and, a cool sequence. Yeah, yeah. I thought at that first that was I was great. when we saw the shot of Starfleet headquarters in warp. I was like, "What is that?" Because I didn't immediately recognize it. And then I was oh, like, yeah, "Oh yeah. wait, it's, it's the Star, it's the Starfleet headquarters thingy." So yeah, that was interesting. Um, 
Yeah, I thought it was really interesting when I saw that in the um uh in the opening sequence and then to see Vance and then to see Tilly, you know, on it uh, I thought that, that was, was all probably really... the best part for me, the the Vance Tilly Starfleet headquarters stuff. Yeah, I, I mean it was definitely a highlight for the the show. I, I think that the the book and Tarka conversations and everything were just kind of blah. Whatever. Um, you know, I thought that Sinequa's performance when she thought book was dead yes, was power was I good. Yes. Yeah, I thought she did really well with that. Um, in fact, when we were talking about it just a few minutes ago, I got the feeling or the reminder of how Kirk responded when his son was killed in Star Trek three, mm. you know, uh, almost to that point where, you know, he kind of falls down, but she didn't quite fall down, but she, and she bucked up pretty quickly, which is really uh, amazing. Uh, You know, she, I think that, um, you know, she, she, you know, they still had stuff to do, right. They still had, they had to figure out how to save. Yeah. The mission wasn't over and she, she knew that it wasn't her time to group. Excuse me. It wasn't her time to grieve, so you know she had to move on and 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 you know fix the mission. So finish the mission. So um, yeah, you know I thought it was interesting to bring the whole bridge crew down to. Um, <laughs> I was like, who's on the bridge? To the Ten C planet, but um, you know, and they were just uh, there. Most of them, they were kind of you know they were just there to like gawk. I was like, all right, they're not even doing anything, but sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it and was then sort of... my what I was complaining about is only a few hours ago they were trying to communicate with the 10C and they were using like greater or less than symbols, and now yeah. you have these really complicated conversations with 10C. Like President Relic, the first thing that she said, which made me laugh out loud because I thought it was so ridiculous because they wanted to the 10C were asking oh, are you not one or something like that? How many ones are you? And then Rillick was like, well, we're each one, but we're also all one. I was like, all right, what the fuck? Like, that's such a like philosophical concept. Like, I know Chinese and I can barely say that to my mother. I can barely say that in Chinese and have it make sense, let alone a completely different alien species where you just learned the language five minutes ago. Like, I was like, this is fucking ridiculous. And then they all go on these like really long, like really long soliloquies to 10C where they're explaining like what they've done and why it hurts. And I'm like, oh my God, like seriously, it's like, it was like ridiculous. And yeah, I, I just, because not even like that long ago in earlier this episode, I think um, it was Michael that was like, was telling Zora, oh, can we explain to them that basically Tarka and Book are operating on their own and not work, we're not with them. And Zora was like, oh, that's going to take a little bit to explain. Like even Zora could, you know, Zora needed time. And right, basically right before they went down to, it, like not a little planetoid, but that platform, Adira was like, oh, we updated a, a new, the new algorithm. I was like, oh, whatever. It's like just lazy shit. Like I'm just like, can't stand that fucking nonsense. It's just like great leaves and logic. And I'm just, you know, I, I was not there for it. Yeah, I mean, it was, yeah, it just, it, you know, the whole this is very convenient. first contact. Yeah, it was all, yeah, it was all too, too nicely tied up and too, yeah, I thought their speeches were kind of um, long-winded and complicated. It was long-winded, and, very complicated and 
philosophical and I don't know it I I would not be able to say those things to my mom and I know Chinese you know like it's just not it doesn't make any sense yeah yeah exactly um so yeah I mean I hate it when like shows do these like shortcuts and it's 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 lazy writing it's lazy writing and I can't stand it yeah I mean you know the this episode was written by Michelle Paradise who you know rap you know she's the executive one of the the uh what am I trying to say the executive producer but she's also the showrunner right for Discovery so um yeah she uh you know, she, yeah, she wrapped it up too nice and neatly. And, but I think that the problem is that it was all, it was all leading that way anyway. And she's, you know, so again, I I just think that it's, uh, yeah, there wasn't any, um, any, uh, the stakes weren't there. There it was, you know, everything was just wrapped up too nicely and, you know, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's very, very run of the mill for this season, right? It's not, you know, we didn't, we didn't expect anything differently from it and we didn't get anything differently from it. You know, there were some nice parts to it. Uh, you know, Tilly being an outstanding piece of this. And, uh, you know, also I have to say that the Saru and Tarina piece was also really nice. Those little scenes yeah, that, was, that you that see. Good. I was fine with that. Um, I'm glad that they finally, you know, circle back to that and they, you know, define the relationship a little bit, or as we say in some circles, they had a DTR and they kind of figure it out where they stood. So I, I did like that. And I'm glad that this is kind of setting up for next season where they're going to develop that relationship. So that was good. Yeah. I did enjoy yeah. That. And, and uh, Doug Jones said that all along he, that's one of the things that he wanted for Saru was a relationship. Mm-hmm. So that was nice to see. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think that it was, you know, I, in rewatching it, I, it was it was such a standout that suddenly uh, Tig Nataro was there and then she's not there. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and it would have been nice to have her in that scene with Adira, uh, Hugh and Paul in engineering as they're kind of like where everyone else is down on the planet. It was nice to have her. It would have been nice to have her be part of that a little bit. And she was off making a cocktail she, over the. I think she's the, had you some. Know. I think Tig Notaro has had some scheduling issues or something like that. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, she, she also did a show here in New York uh, over the last week or so. She's really so. busy. I feel that she might have filmed her scenes on the bridge separately or something. Yeah, I, I think that she had a different. Yeah, they they really worked you know scheduling around her but yeah it's just things like that noticeable things about this this whole season of discovery and we you know maybe we can talk about the whole season yeah next I think we, week yeah, or whatever or or take a little bit of a break from it and go back and talk about it later <laughs> i don't know <laughs> like, take a break it take a break take a step back and then revisit yeah um just think about the season and and you know in a, in a way for us to talk about it that would um that would make sense so yeah uh you know uh there is and i don't know if we'll use this in our in our clips for this episode or not but michael's um 
final log entry that kind of guides the end towards oh the my end god this it's like long voiceover <laughs> yeah it's just long yeah i hate these like long drawn out voiceovers everyone's happy we're all good see you later i was like oh my god it's just like but I if you listen to the first part of it it's great because it kind of it sums up the the season pretty nicely and the fact that it took i think one of the things that she says is it took a long time to get here hard to believe it's over the uncertainty the fear the unknown sometimes it felt like it would never end but we made it and when i heard that i was like you are so right michael you are so, so right it took forever to get here and i i'm not sure that this is you know so um it's a dog yeah, whining so, yeah so okay yes. did you not want to you didn't want to lock this dog up because you were like he's gonna whine and bark so and he's next to you right now and he's whining anyway so what is the point not only is he whining he's also distracting so what's better it's 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 fine He's, I, I was continuing to talk while he was whining, so it's perfectly fine. All right, there are moments um, when your attention deviated. I'm just letting you know. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for being the attention police for me. I appreciate that. Of course, that. anytime. I appreciate I, I'm, that. I'm all about being present. I'm all about, like, I want you to be present. Oh, I'm okay. present. I try to be, so. I do think we still need to talk about our cameo a little bit anything that our opinion oh yeah differ actually on what we thought about this but why don't you why don't you talk a little bit about it first i, I mean for me so re, even re-watching it today so when i watched it the first time this scene was really uh i was like wow i was really um are i was like what are you talking about are we, are we gonna are you not gonna explain? yeah when stacy abrams appears as the president of the earth i was just like Oh my gosh! Like uh, it was uh, it was awesome. I I was actually I, I ex- talked out loud at the at my iPad watching it, and I was like, "Oh my god, they got her! That's awesome! Um, wow, I I was so impressed." And uh, you know, so yeah, I couldn't have. I I really enjoyed that. I you know, she's an incredible force in politics now, and uh, she's. And it's well known. She's said in many interviews that she grew up watching Star Trek. Yeah, she's a big. So she is. She's a huge fan. So I think this was such a huge payoff. And I just really love the scene where she, you know, she comes and she says, "Uh, "There's no negotiations needed. We're ready to join." Uh, And then she has this nice little convo with Michael about getting back to work, which is just appropriately Stacey Abrams. And uh, yeah, I thought it was a nice touch this season. I, you know, if I had to guess when we were in Chicago, uh, not in Chicago, when we were in Las Vegas, sorry. Uh, if you remember, uh, Laura or Tara Rosling was called back. Remember, she left yes. after one day uh-huh. uh, for reshoots. And uh, I, I wonder if it was for that scene. Uh, oh. I think it was specifically for that scene. If I, I would, that uh, you know, would make sense because Nico wasn't there either. Right. Yeah. Sinico wasn't there. Uh, you know, Doug wasn't there. None of, uh, and, uh, who else, you know, none of the, the supporting cast, the, uh, um, yeah. Yeah. So I think that that's when it was filmed. Uh, I think that that's when it was, um, 
Yeah, so I thought it was great, you know, and and actually, you know, there are a few moments before that. I'm trying to remember where I kind of had all the feels. Maybe it was just about like things wrapping up and not I, I do think it was too much of a like a bow on it. But I, I some of the moments with the, the crew were really nice uh, and everything like that. That's hall whatever. Yeah. And the, the yeah. It was in the, yeah. The montage of Tilly coming in and hugging Michael and uh, that was all really nice. And then kind of the montage of like, you know, Hugh and Paul talking, just having their little intimate moment about vaca- vacation, finally taking a vacation. <laughs> and um, I thought that's, that was that's nice. That's all Hugh really needed. He just needed a vacation. After all that, he was just like, you need, you need a break. So, yes. I mean, I mean, we all need a break, actually. We all need a break. So, um, so yeah. So, I thought it was really a big, great, great, you know, nice cap to the ending and i i didn't i liked it i liked the pullback to see earth at the end which really gave me the feels of you know this is wrapping up a two-year arc two-season arc kind of like uh the first two seasons of discovery did and you know they're working on season five now so um i feel like this is you know just you know and also it brought it full circle right from you know earth not being a part of the federation uh, back when they first got to this 32nd century time frame. So, yeah, I, I, I thought it was great to see none other than Stacey Abrams. And to be honest, like just some of the the Internet trolling, trolling uh, like Ted Cruz saying, what the hell is this? And I, oh, that really? that's payoff of, right. you know, right. he's, you know, so because uh, I can't fucking stand Ted all right Cruz. all right I understand. uh yeah you know he and tarka essentially oh, the same thing, thing okay uh so yes is there an airlock nearby would be my all question right. um so you sound like you have a different feeling about this i do i do of course um, i i do like stacy abrams don't get me wrong i love that she's a star trek fan i love that um i love her just general like positioning and obviously what everything that she's done just from a political standpoint in terms of voter enablement versus voter suppression you know and I definitely respect her as a politician however I did not like this cameo um and I think this really goes back to how I feel about Star Trek in general in a broader sense and how I do not really enjoy modern Trek as much as I do classic Trek, where one of the things I feel is most powerful about sci-fi and fantasy is, and I've talked about this before, but I'll talk about it again. It's really the power to tell a story through metaphor and through analogy. And I think that where Trek has really been effective has been where they try to articulate a message but through a sci-fi lens and through this fantastical lens that's outside of our day-to-day. So I really think that that's where some of the best episodes of Star Trek really use that power of metaphor to tell stories effectively. And I think modern Trek, I think it's a double-edged sword, right? Like it, modern Trek is much less, much more blatant about messaging. It's much less subtle. Um, we've talked about this before, like Discovery is not a subtle show. It's like, it wears its values on sleeve and it doesn't care whether you like it or not. It just kind of puts it out there. Um, 
And I think there's like value to that, but it makes for, for me, it makes for less interesting television. Um, it, it's not as when you're just screaming your values at the top of your lungs versus kind of giving it a lot of nuance. I think that it kind of allows the storytelling actually to be more dated more easily. And versus like some of these classic trap episodes that are some of our favorites, they have long lasting power because it's, it's up for interpretation, right? Like it's based upon where you might be, like you might, the way we interpret an episode 20 years later might be different than we, than what we saw in a day, but we can still find value in it because it's through power of metaphor that we're able to kind of see that story through our lens. Um, so I just feel that this was stunt casting for the sake of stunt casting. And Star Trek has definitely done stunt casting in the past. Like, you know, we have like Stephen Hawking, but it's Stephen fucking Hawking, you know, who is like one of the one of the most preeminent minds in our generation when it comes to physics and science. And it makes sense for him to have done his cameo in like Descent Part One or whatever. And we've gotten like a few other stunt casts, stunt, stunt castings throughout Star Trek. I just think that, you know, the problem with Stacey Abrams is that she is, it's not just any stunt casting, but she is a politician. And personally, I just think that, and, you know, politics is very partisan nowadays. There's just really super left or super right. Like, I feel there's very little middle ground. And personally, I just think that if you bring a politician onto a show, it's even more blatant than just seeing 2K characters like living together. It's like, I don't know. It, it, there's like just a complete lack of subtlety in terms of the storytelling, which I don't really love. Um, and I get it. You know, again, I appreciate Stacey Abrams as a politician. Do I appreciate her as a, like a guest on Star Trek? Less so for me personally. But that's, but that also bubbles up and ladders up to my overall issue with Trek nowadays, which is, you know, it's not very nuanced storytelling in general. Um, so I did not, it took, so this took me out of the story a little bit. Um, it was, to me, is more of a distraction than anything else. I don't really think there was much substance to her side conversation with Michael. I actually didn't like that. Because she was like, oh, let's talk on the side. I was like, okay, where's this going? And literally, they, I, I really didn't think there was much substance to that conversation. I don't, I don't think it was really worth a one-on-one -on -one conversation on the side. So I don't know. I personally felt it was more distracting than anything. Um, but I can also appreciate your viewpoint on it, if that makes sense. Yeah, sure. No, that's, uh, that's you know, it's totally fine. Yeah, I, I, I hear, I hear your points and don't necessarily agree with them fully, but I don't disagree with them fully either. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's, I think, I think it's like what I look for in good stories, you know, like, and for me, that's just, I don't know. It, 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 it was distracting. Yeah, so. sure. Well, um, I think we've covered, have we covered everything we need to for discoveries finale can we go on i to... think so i do think it'd be good for us to talk next week about like you said the season as a whole because there were some there were some like bright spots like it wasn't like i feel towards the latter half we got kind of more down down about it but i do think that there were some good parts to there were some standout episodes and sound moments so i think we should talk about yeah. that too revisit those okay yeah sure 
Um, cool. All right. Um, so that wraps up the Discovery season finale. Why don't we talk about Picard season two, episode three, Assimilation? Doctor, are you all right? Your plan worked. Power has been restored along with the Queen. However, same leopard, same spots. No need to keep her activated then. Agreed. <laughs> Idle human threats. You won't deactivate me because you have a deeply flawed inability not to hope in the face of hopelessness. I hold information you need. You, against all odds, hope I'll relent. Therefore, you won't deactivate me. With each passing second, the mathematical probability that I get your ship grows. In the end, you'll sacrifice your lives for the future of the many. So, in the interest of efficiency, shall we just fast forward? What exactly is the information you hold? The location of the Watcher and when the temporal divergence occurs. Hmm. Are you sure about that? What did you do? Where is it? You stole it. Computer, dictate the file log shit I stole from the Borg Queen. 34.0488 North. No one what takes from me, my dear. Coordinates. To find the Watcher. Oh, well done. I suppose even higher cybernetic life forms can get sloppy with where they leave secrets lying around. But there's more, isn't there? When it happens. I can almost, I can almost feel it. It'll come to me. What you have just done here is more difficult and vastly more dangerous than you realize. And what is that? You've impressed me. All right. So I went first on... Uh, I went first on Discovery, so oh, okay. Johnson, why don't you share your overarching thoughts on this latest episode of Picard? Sure, yeah. Um, so... We didn't really talk about this. I, you you only had one minor comment about this episode of Picard. I did not love it as much as I did the first two episodes of Picard. I still liked it. I thought that it had a lot of great moments. I do think similar to Discovery, some of the things are a little bit too on the nose and a little too blatant. Like, you know, the ice police coming <laughs> for, for sure, Chris. Yeah. I was like, okay. Sure, you know, um, but overall, I I mean, those is kind of like, you know, things slowed down this episode because, you know, they went back in the past, they had to figure out where they were, and they had to kind of reset a little bit and kind of we had to kind of reestablish what our objectives are and what we're here to do. And people had to get their bearings a little bit. So things did slow down from a narrow standpoint versus I think the first two episodes, like other than maybe the first 20 minutes of episode one it was like full steam ahead, you know? So things definitely slowed down. Uh, highlights for me in this episode, um, definitely, I would say seven. I really like that she she's kind of like in a different space. And I like that she's now kind of able to enjoy her humanity a little bit more and explore that and just be kind of a normal, quote, normal, quote, unquote, person without having 
people fear her. Like that was nice to see. And, you know, that was cool. And definitely uh, all the scenes between Gerardi and the Borg Queen, that was definitely a highlight. Just some of those moments. It was very, it was uh, like the, the way they played off each other and all that. I thought was done really effectively and it definitely sets things up for where Girardi is going to go this season. And there are a lot of theories about that. Um, but that I really did enjoy. And yeah, d- despite Chris kind of getting, getting like a c- concussion. I mean, I kind of like some of the moments between her and the cute doctor. Uh, those are, those are good, but yeah, I feel this is kind of more of like a setup episode, you know, um, I'm not quite sure if we're back in DS9 2024 because we got these tents, I guess, these homeless tents, but that's literally LA right now. It's not really like, you know, what we saw in DS9 in past tents where they had like basically like walled off parts of the city for the homeless. This was like literally like the tent cities, which if you go to LA right now, they're there. So I think they're kind of paying homage to that a little bit. But obviously, this is not the same 2024 as past tense, where people had like, people were like in crazy outfits. Like, it was like how people saw the future in the 90s. You know, like, it was like that. Um, this was definitely not the same era that we visited in that episode. But I think they tried to recognize that, you know, we, we visited, we visited this year before. So, yeah, but overall, I, I liked it. It wasn't the strongest episode, but I'm still liking this season of Picard much more than season one. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, you know, when I, I so when I first watched it, I, I messaged you and said I, I was kind of disappointed with it or it was felt a mm. little slow. And and after rewatching it this afternoon, I actually um, and actually listening to the Discovering Trek crew talk about it um, a little bit got me more into thinking about it and what it was trying to do and everything. So I watched it this afternoon and enjoyed it much more and see how it fits in. And, and it is a strong, you know, it's, it's not as strong, I would agree as the first two episodes, but I do see how it is setting up the future. Uh, you know, the kind of the reset, uh, of being in 2024 and like you said, reestablishing the objectives and why they're there and what they need mm-hmm. to do. Um, you know, I think uh, I kind of expected it, but Elnor's death kind of was disappointing. Oh, right. Uh, I Elnor. mean, I, you know, I forgot about him. You know, uh, and Rafi's reaction to it felt. Yeah, I thought that was so really weird. Sh- like, she was obviously angry, but I was like, why is it Picard's fault? Whatever. Well, you know, so I, I you know, I, I thought it was, I thought it was a really strong reaction and, and, um, I'm sort of in between how I feel about it because I think that I think that everyone else kind of didn't have an emotional reaction to it. Specifically, right. Picard had zero emotional yeah, reaction to it. I was like, why is uh, Rafi? Totally that really? Like, why is Rafi the only one? Because that really bothered me. Yeah, Picard, that, that saw, Picard didn't a, have everything. Picard saw Elnor as a boy. You know. Yeah. Anything, yeah. He's been a surrogate father to this kid, so right. he was just like. And maybe, okay, so the one thing I will say is maybe this is speaking to Picard's larger emotional arc this season where Mm -hmm. he is kind of, you know, he kind of 
is very, you know, he's generally very stoic, um, even in in moments of loss. And one of honestly, like we haven't seen him like break down or cry or whatever that much. And one of the few points where he has done that is in generations when his brother died. But mm-hmm. for the most part, he 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 is stoic and he has this wall around his heart. I think that that's what we're also trying trying to get at in this season. And maybe the reason why he has issues with those, like, you know, being open to his feelings and letting love in, I suppose. But I did think it was very awkward that he didn't even like really talk about Eleanor's death that much. No, none of them, you know, none of them did, you know, uh, seven tried to talk to her a little bit about it and she didn't want to talk about it. Right. Uh, which, you know, I think for me, one of the standouts of this episode was seeing Rafi and seven and their, their interactions throughout the episode, I thought were really good. Uh, but yeah, I, th- I think that there was just this lack of response from everyone else. Mm-hmm. And like Rafi mm-hmm. took, took the spotlight and just, like she was sort of the lightning rod for all of the anger and sadness and frustration at losing that. And, you know, that they were choosing the queen over Elnor at, right. with the hope that Elnor will come back if they reset the timeline. So, um, yeah, it's just, it just felt that part of the, the episode felt really empty uh, to me. And, and I actually didn't really like it that part of it as mm-hmm. much mm-hmm. um yeah i thought it was odd it, it, it definitely yeah. i definitely noticed it too and it was a little strange yeah i mean so there's that piece of it then there's uh you know i do like the other the rest of the interactions with seven and and rafi um i think are, are really great i love how seven talks to the security guard and how you know mm-hmm. rafi's comment is you in 2024 should get a room um uh-huh. yeah that was cute uh that was a nice little repartee there uh but also seven interacting with a with a human in a hum- very human way and not in a very you know borg-like awkward uh way i thought was really well she was really still kind of awkward she was like wait i don't remember how she said like we're here to take a photo but it was like the most like celluloid something <laughs> or yeah photo- still- celluloid <laughs> photograph of you know so yes uh or something I, I still like, that. like those so, yeah. like, kind of like fish out water moments that we get yeah um yeah that was that was good yeah so i really like that and and for me you know aside from the two of them in there you know i did like the rios thing a little bit you know it's fine it felt very uh familiar meaning like it's been done before you know this sort of piece to it and so i'm i'm wondering why there is this piece to it uh because it just kind of feels out of out of whack and why Seven and her and Rafi's transporter worked fine, and and Rios's didn't. You know, well, they were so... still they they still materialized far apart from each other, which they did say was a possibility. Yes, yeah, yeah. but to transport above onto like a, a half onto a fire escape or whatever, um, just seemed it, it just yeah. So I don't get what the whole you know this whole piece of it is uh, or, or why it needed to be there really. Well, I wonder uh, if they're but... also setting, and this may not be, but I was left wondering if it's one of those things where everything, like 
everything messes up because they did decide to go in the past and it's a paradox and it's because they're there very similar to um all good things where from in 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 trying to fix the past they actually cause the future to kind of blow up you know um it's it's a possibility yeah i guess yeah that you know that's that is certainly a possibility sure um but the, the the real standout for me is just the honestly like, and Picard sort of takes a back seat. So Patrick yes. Stewart sort of yes. takes a back seat, and it's really you know Allison Pill as Girardi and Annie Wershing yes. as the Borg Queen, and their interaction was just so amazing, so well written, um, and so it was just. Um, yeah, I thought it was really, really well done. I thought the the twist on Girardi was really awesome. Mm. Uh, the fact that the Borg Queen has been is now fascinated by Girardi uh, right, because right. you know she was tricky and and you know did all the did all the things to steal the information. I thought was really brilliant. Uh, so I really like that. So I'm actually really. You know, really liking where what's happening with Girardi right now. Uh, I was a little unclear. Can you explain to me? Because like Girardi had to go into the Borg Queen's consciousness or subconsciousness to kind of boot her back up. Like, can you explain that? It was a little bit fuzzy to me. They explained it really quickly. I only watched the episode once. I wasn't, and we get like the you know the the completion meter, but I wasn't quite sure what she was there to do like why she had to like kind of become part of the so the, the board queen couldn't yeah the board queen couldn't verbally communicate right and so the only way to do that was through and like through contact with another person picard kind of explained that they talked to each other through their heads mm, right um the way that they did it with Girardi, you know, her subconscious was talking, right, talking out loud, it's where her, yeah, her main yeah. personality or whatever her her conscious mind was uh-huh. in, in the Borg Queen and and in like a little I don't know this network between the two of them I guess to kind of bring uh, it back or something yeah to to uh, yeah to, I I don't know to figure out what's going on fix, and, like did she have to have to fix the power core or something like do you, do you know what I'm talking about. No, I don't know. I'm trying to think. It. it was it, yeah. it was it was it was like one of those like techno babble moments where I was like, I don't I, I know you need to let yourself get semi assimilated, but I'm not quite sure why. Yeah. So. Um, but the the outcome of it is that she, you know, and then there was this bit of it where they're talking in each other's voices. Right. That was cool. Uh, which I which I thought was really cool and, and it sort of explains like so the Borg Queen was in her mind, but she was in the Borg Queen's mind, and that's right, where right. she got all the information and took all the information that she needed to help the crew and whatnot. So, mm-hmm. um, so there's that piece of it that I thought was really well done. So, uh, yeah, yeah, that yeah. that I and I think that sort of lends more credence to what I think. You know, my prediction on discovering Trek was that um, I think that Girardi is actually the Borg Queen. Was that your prediction comes... on discovering Trek? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, from a conversation before, and then I sort of like am seeing more and more of it, and so I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's my prediction. Uh, yeah, I is it, it is Girardi. Yeah, um, I uh, I agree with that idea. 
so um yeah i you know the the rest of it yeah uh so i think that that would, those are the highlights for me uh the emotional pieces and just the the um yeah girardi and seven and rafi sort of stood out for me uh it's interesting now that we're down to like five main characters plus whoever this watcher is which we'll hopefully find out tomorrow um which is you know who knows who it's going to be really it's mm. really hard to you know there are lots of ideas but who who may it be i don't know um so yeah i i think that uh it's just uh gonna be yeah i i i enjoyed it much more the second time around mm -hmm. got to you know got to really focus on you know the character moments between Girardi and the Queen and and Seven and and Rafi. So, um, yeah, you're unplugged. No, no, I'm not. This is I'm just playing. Oh. <laughs> oh, so yeah, so that's uh, that's my thoughts on on Picard. I I enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to where it kind of goes now. Now that we've got the setup, mm -hmm. um, I'm interested to see where it goes from here. And uh, yeah, I think I think it's. Uh, yeah, there's some real, real moments of really great writing in this series so far, and uh, you know, I, I, you know, I still, still, still think that the scene with with Rafi expressing her grief and everyone else being kind of like dumb, dumbfounded. I don't know, like yeah, just, I don't yeah, know, that or just not really even dumb. Get, I mean, just like not emotionally impacted. Yeah, like, so, I, I don't feel that they really yeah we could have done more of that scene but yeah oh well but otherwise than that i think uh yeah another great episode of picard and uh i'm uh, excited to just be able to watch uh that um tomorrow yeah but not discovery because that's over that's over, we don't yes. have to complain about discovery anymore right um cool all right well i think that about does it for our discussion of both discovery this discovery finale and picard season two episode three so should we pause yeah so yeah i think that about does it for both this episode of picard and the season finale of discovery unless mike you had anything else no, uh, that's a lot of Star Trek to talk about. A lot so. of Star Trek. A lot of Star Trek. Um, yeah. yeah, so, well, Mike, do you want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor? Yeah, Fansets is uh, the exclusive sponsor of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network and Deep Space Pride. And uh, their March 15th releases for pins in the Star Trek world are uh, cover a bunch of different... Uh, genres so we have the cetacean ops officer lieutenant matt uh we have adira from her earth uh earth force days was it earth force i think i think it was earth force right and uh loxana 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 i'm looking at it and it's lw and it just threw yeah, me Loxana. yeah um so yeah so three new micro pin crew uh through three micro crew pins cannot talk 
Um, and uh, yeah, go to fansets.com. Check out these and all the other Star Trek pins. They also have a ton of other fandoms that you can check out, including DC Comics, Rick and Morty, Harry Potter, and a whole bunch more. And uh, put a bunch of pins into your cart. And if you spend more than $30 in the US, you're going to get free shipping. And uh, if you use the code DSPRIDE, all one word, you're going to get 10% off your order. All so, caps. All caps, yes. DS yes, Pride. Yes. And uh, we thank Fansets for being our exclusive sponsor of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network and Deep Space Pride. Thanks, Fansets. All right. Um, so for those of you that want to reach out to us, um, contact us on social media or otherwise. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Deep Space Pride. And you can also email us at DeepSpacePride at gmail.com. And if you like this podcast or this episode or both, uh, please leave us a good review on your platform of choice. And we will really appreciate that. Yeah, definitely. Cool. All right. Wow. So, yeah, I think that wraps up another episode. Um, I guess we'll see each other all next week where we will talk about the next episode of Picard and also do a, do a quick wrap up of season four of our favorite show, Discovery. all right all right well thanks everybody for listening thanks everyone we'll see you next week bye Deep Space Pride is a production of Coconut Media Works. Executive producers Bill Smith and Dan Davidson. For more great Star Trek discussion, discover the other shows of the Trek Geeks podcast network at trekgeeks.com or find us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Thank you.